and welcome to Salon Bulletin. It's Jenny Green here from Cadelic Studios in New York City, where the winter arrived without any warning, which was a bit rude yesterday. But we're going to try and warm you up with our fabulous guests here on Salon Radio. We have the Kairos Italy Theatre kit as our Salon special, and they'll be talking to us very shortly. We have Carlotta Brenton representing the company and a fabulous guest artist, Paloma Pilar, who are both in a production at the moment, so we'll hear more about that soon. And then we have a British artist, a British painter called Amy Hughes, who will be joining us on the line from um, from London town, I think. So uh, she will actually understand my accent, which is quite rare on Salon Radio. So more of that later. Before we speak to our guests, let's have our world bulletin of women in the arts that this week has been compiled by... Barbara Drum Sullivan, who is a a wonderful actor in New York City. So this week, the artist muse is an artist. Through Though separated in age by almost a generation, Latoya Ruby Frazier and Sandra Gould Ford both live in Burdock, Pennsylvania, a municipality of Pittsburgh in the 1980s. As the steel mills were closing down and jobs and people were disappearing, Frazier became a photographer. She met Ford at a conference in Pittsburgh and they discovered both their shared history and shared goal of portraying the history of black working class life as they lived and observed it in their hometown. In their joint project, On the Making of Steel Genesis, Sandra Gouldford, showing at the August Wilson Centre in Pittsburgh through December 31st. Ford is both subject and artist. She had been at one time a secretary clerk at Jones and Lochlan Steel Company and she chronicled the last days of the company through surreptitious photography and the archiving of company documents, promotional material and so on. Frazier's portraits tell the story of Gould telling the story of the death of an American giant. The result is at once intimate and devastating. And that is a black woman, steel worker and artist through the eyes of Latoya Ruby Frazier. And you can check that out in uh, Pennsylvania. And the power of the quotidian in her self-styled exhibit at Momar PS1 in Queens, New York through March 11, 2018, artist Kathy Wilkes incorporates painting, sculptures and found everyday objects, many from her own home or studio, to create tableau that are on the surface domestic and ordinary. Yet despite or because of their familiarity, they can tap into some of our deepest feelings of loss, fear, loneliness or nostalgia. Everything here is used and lived in. Fabrics are torn or strain plates and bowls bear traces of the food they once held the human figures both adults and children are often missing limbs wear ill-fitting clothes and have only rudimentary facial features their presence among the stuff that adheres to most of us through our lives evokes a poignant sense of vulnerability which is enhanced by the artist's choice to present the exhibit with no physical boundaries Many of the elements are simply set on the floor and the viewer moves carefully among them. Wilkes was born in Belfast in 1966 but moved to Glasgow at a young age and remains based there. This is her first solo exhibit in New York and her largest to date. And that's from Forgotten Discards, A Wealth of Memories, which is at Momar PS1, Queens, through March next year. And finally, more pussy power. Yes, that's what we're all about on Salon Radio. Exactly one year after the election of uh, he who shall remain nameless to the US presidency, the Russian dissident band Pussy Riot released a new song called Video. Oh, a new song and video 
sorry, called Police State. The song is another volley against the authoritarian regime of Vladimir Putin and another clarion call to Americans to take seriously increasing attacks in their homeland on free speech, belief in facts and the free press and to defend those values vigorously. Sung in English to a sweetly upbeat tune, the ri- lyrics include such lines as No problems in paradise, we'll lock them up and I'm so happy I could die. The video shows uniformed police beating protesters while children are indoctrinated through a combination of brainwashing and intimidation. In 2012, three band members from Pussy Riot faced charges when they protested against Putin in Moscow. Band member Nadia Tolokhanovica, sorry... That was a surprising word I wasn't expecting to see there. Uh, Spent two years in prison. That kind of oppression should be unimaginable in the United States, but police state loudly reminds us to beware. Pussy Riots takes aim at Trump and Putin in New Song. And you can find out more about that in the New York Times. And all of our stories will be posted, of course, on the Salon Facebook page. And now, thank you, Barbara, for those lovely uh, stories of women in the arts around the world. Uh, slipping in Russian names when I wasn't expecting them. Cheeky. Anyway, so let's move on to our first guest today, which is um, Carlotta Brenton, who is an actress, voiceover artist and producer. And she's been a member of Kairos Italy Theatre since 2011 as a producer, translator, performer and in numerous kit productions. And she's the executive producer of their Insena Italian Theatre Festival. Her recent acting highlights include originating the roles of Sylvia in Paolo Bignami's The Journey I Never Made with Kit at Cherry Lane and the role of Gin. Oh, that sounds fun. In, uh, in Eric Ains' Clover at La Mama. Welcome. How are you, Carlotta? Thank you. I'm doing great. How are you? Not too shabby. Can't complain. Um, and so we're going to find out more about your theatre company, Kit, uh, which is the uh, it's an international recognised Italian theatre company in New York. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about the mission and, and what Kit's all about? Absolutely. So Kit, that I've had the pleasure of working with for, as you mentioned, about six years now, is uh, internationally recognised as the Italian theatre company in New York. Uh, we're really the only theatre company here that is uh, completely dedicated to Italian theatre, Italian artists, both of the classical tradition and contemporary. And the company was founded and is run by artistic director Lara Caparati. I think she um, might be a salon salonista. Yes, I believe yeah. so. I believe she is. And she, for the past almost 20 years, has been producing uh, Italian theatre in the city, in a number of different venues, collaborating with many, many uh, off-Broadway and off-off-Broadway theaters, institutions, with Italian institutions, different cultural centers, and uh, has really devoted herself and the company to this mission of promoting Italian theater in America, particularly in New York, but we actually tour with productions as well. Um, There's still you know, in spite of the huge variety of, of theater that is produced in New York, um, all, all kinds of, of material from all kinds of places, there is still uh, a great um, scarcity of, um, I think, um, kind of uh, mainstream um, productions that are not, you know, American or coming from English-speaking countries. So, um, and Italy in particular, um, is not often represented, if you think about it, on you know m- main stages. 
Um, and so that's what the company is really dedicated to is promoting both living artists and, you know, some of these amazing um, artists that we have from Italian history in, in New York. And uh, we do it in all sorts of ways. We present shows in Italian that are um, subtitled for theater, which is something we really specialize in, which is um, also kind of a, a you know, niche um, thing. And then we do productions in English, so in translation, which is what we are actually presenting right now. We'll talk about later um, at Cherry Lane. And, um, and, and, and yeah, and in Kit, Kairos Italy Theater also does a number of um, Italian and theater courses. And we produce this uh, Italian theater festival that you mentioned, which was launched in 2013, um, which is called In Scena, which means on stage in Italian. Oh, I mispronounced <laughs> that. Easy, easily Oops. done. <laughs> and that is completely dedicated to contemporary uh, Italian artists who have... Uh, who are from theater companies from all over the country who have shows that they've created and often have toured with in Italy and Europe and have won awards and recognition, but they've never been presented in America. So through a whole selection pro submission and selection process, we identify um, something usually between five and eight shows that just fully realize productions that come over for two weeks in May and present um, their shows usually once in Manhattan and once at a venue in one of the other boroughs. That's another distinguishing feature of Inchena is the festival takes place in all five boroughs um, in order to not just always focus on Manhattan, but partner with local institutions and in, in, you know, other places in the city to spread this Italian culture and wave of Italian theater even further. Um, and yes, I how think... Did, how did you get involved in... Um Kairos. Well, I first got involved in Kairos as an actor. I uh, was actually at a conservatory training here in the city. And uh, which one did you go to? I went to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. So did I. You did? Yeah. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Did you graduate? I graduated in 2013. Oh yeah, I still work there in the costume department. You did. I graduated in two thousand and eight. Oh wow! Yeah, this is a good sidebar, isn't it? Yeah, let's talk That's about the American Academy. <gasps> yeah, we just finished doing two Wong Fu. Sure. Yeah, yeah, I read about that. I couldn't. Yeah. Make it so down, we came over here for the things. same reason. There you go. Yeah. And now it. we are here. We are at the same table. <laughs> wow. It's it is like a very small world. Yeah. Right. Cool. So you get. So you basically came over here to study acting. I did. And had you previously done much work in Italy? Um, so I actually didn't come straight from Italy. I was in England for a number uh -huh. of years. That's why um, I got such a good accent. <laughs> so I, I sort of traveled around Europe growing up. And I was always into theater from when I was a kid. Your, your typical you know, musical theater nerd at age four. Um, and just always, it was always my passion. And I eventually decided to come over and study here. So I spent two years at ADA and I was part of the company uh, for my final year. Who and was in your company? Huh? Who was in your company? Who else? Yeah. Um, we Chris Walton? No, so I was the year just after let's that. Let's mention some names. Let's just do some <laughs> names. <laughs> Zoe? So was Zoe? Zoe was in oh my yeah, company. She's British. So there you go. So the Brits in my company, Zoe. yeah. It was uh, Natalie. Oh, yeah. I, was I, I was in the report with those lot. Sure. I saw that. Yeah, I was the wo I was the wo woman that got killed okay. tragically, and yes. a couple of other parts. That was the great. Ensemble thing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 
Wow, so we've actually been in the same room before without yes, realising. We <laughs> it's a small, small world. Um, yes, it is. Cool. And where, did, where were you in England? In London. Uh-huh. Yeah. So you went to school in London. Mm-hmm. And did you think about the London drama schools or British drama schools? I, I've always had this, really, the New York dream, almost uh, inbuilt, I would say, because my parents lived in New York in the 70s um, just for a few years, but had always then talked about you know we always heard about New York growing up and we would always come and visit um, and have you know posters from New York up on the walls and my older sister had come out here a few years before I did to um, study at NYU and I just I I always had the New York dream the New York myth so I was really yeah I really really got out here as soon as I could and both your parents are Italian Mm mm-hmm because Brenton doesn't sound like a very Italian name. It does sound more British. Yeah, but it actually is. It's uh, oh. originally from... And Carlotta yeah. doesn't. And Carlotta, I would say, would be more of a Russian-German name. Really? Yeah, well, we're just <laughs> doing the cherry orchard at the moment, actually, at the Academy. And there is a Carlotta in that, but it's mm-hmm. spelled differently. Yes. no, that's. that's but is it from Italian a particular name. part of Italy? My last name? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's from Venice, a region around Venice, where oh. often last names do end with the ends. Cool. Yeah, that's interesting. You can learn all about linguistics on Salon Radio. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just about the arts. We're there you talking. go. We're also educating. Um, so, so, so you always had you always had a dream to come to New York City and to start your. I did. I did. I did. And um, I f- sort of fell into working with Kit um, r- when I was when I was still at ADA. I uh, started wor- acting, performing in a, in a show. Uh, that Lara was directing and um, we basically became very close collaborators and have now collaborated on a number of productions and the festival and uh, and and all kinds of things and, uh, you, and we before we were talking on air we were talking about the League of Professional Theatre Women as well is that something that you found to be a helpful organization in in meeting people and yeah I'm a brand new member so as of a couple months ago so um, I really look forward to getting involved and I really have kept an eye on the events which all sound like really great opportunities to meet people and because I think Lara is on the international International committee yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. because we I don't know if you know but we at the salon also do an event for International Women's Day called Salon Symphony Mm -hmm. which I think Lara has helped us with in the past yes that sounds familiar yeah yeah Yeah. so that's in March when we do that Mm -hmm. yeah that's great so um what does Kairos mean so you have to get Lara's uh explanation is actually on our website of how she came up with the name but uh kairos is a uh greek divinity um, yeah i was gonna say it again yeah. with my amazing linguistic insight <laughs> that that also doesn't sound like an italian word it is not actually we don't have k's in italian at all in really? the italian alphabet no k's. no k's we're just throwing all of these amazing <laughs> nuggets of <laughs> knowledge out there today and it's not even Hopefully all accurate yeah <laughs> i didn't know that at all um yeah and um, it's, yeah, a... So a, she's stolen, the Italians have stolen from the Greeks again. Exactly. Just like the old Latin-Greek <laughs> battle of old. Exactly. <laughs> and so, yes, yeah, so what does it mean? Sorry, I interrupted. Um, yeah, and she, um, um, she, she she chose a name. You can get the full explanation. I don't want to give an incorrect one, so I'm going to pull it up. 
and read you her own words. From the, ho- from the from horse's the mouth. Exactly. Not that there was a horse. <laughs> She's very pretty. It's <laughs> that sexist. It's all sexist now. Um, so we have... So Kairos was a demigod with a lot of hair on his forehead while being completely bold in the back. He symbolized the right occasion grabbed at the right moment. Sounds like Trump. Mm, okay, <laughs> okay, interesting. She says, in fact, you can grab his hair when it's coming, but when it's gone, you won't be able to grab it anymore because he's bald in the back. She found the concept to be beautiful, an invitation to live life to the full, exhortation to grab the chance, even when it seems risky. And so she named her company Kairos Italy Theater, or KIT for short. Huh. Yeah. yeah I'm not sure I would like a man that only had hair at the front of his head. Uh, interesting. Yeah. 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 It's always good to be God. inspired by Greek gods, <laughs> though. It's always good to have those fast references. Well, that's fantastic. It's very interesting to have had that introductory talk, Carlos, and to find out that we do actually almost know each other. Yeah, exactly. We do now. Oh, we do. Yeah, we do now. Yeah, amazing. That's the salon bringing people together. It's a magical thing. So now we have our sponsor spot, where we normally would have a sound effect, but we don't have the we don't have the toys yet. So. Um, so ka-ching it's sponsorship time um thank you to this month's sponsor performances with alison charney your exclusive preview to the world's premier classical music performed by today's celebrated musicians the first evening concert of the season is monday november 27th at 7 30 p.m at merkin concert hall at kaufman music center which is 129 west 67th street new york city and it features flutist isn't it flautist? Anyway, Elizabeth Mann, cellist Kasha William Olson, mezzo soprano Hiona Kim, pianist Raiko Uchida, Donna Weng, and Craig Ketter with soprano Alison Charney, who has pre and I think she and uh, Kasha have been guests on Summer <coughs> Radio and they were wonderful. And I have seen their concerts and they are wonderful. And you can learn more about them and follow them by going to www.preformances dot org to find out about their wonderful work and that's our sponsor spot for this edition Ka-ching. and here we are back with our salon special which is kit theater and carlotta brenton and we've also found out many interesting linguistic <laughs> <laughs> nuggets along the way um, so carlotta do you want to introduce your guest today and uh, talk a little bit more about your current project Great. So I have the pleasure of having with me uh, the fabulous actress Paloma Pilar. She is a stage and film actress, singer and dancer who studied her craft at the Barrow Group Performing Arts School in Manhattan and Playhouse West in Brooklyn. Some of her favorite TV and film credits include Gone, NBC Universal, Melody, Melody, Clever Girl Productions, and Children of War, Apollonia Productions. And recent stage credits include the play that we are currently starring in together, uh, the world premiere of The Journey I Never Made with Kairos Italy Theatre, The Fierce Urgency of Now, Soar Productions, and Waiting for Lefty, 120 Productions. So hi, Paloma. Hi, Carlotta. Nice to see you. <laughs> nice to see We've you. We've been seeing a lot of each other. I know, I love it. Because <laughs> <laughs> we are in a play together that we'll talk a little bit more about later that mm-hmm. um, just started previews this past Wednesday and runs until December 3rd. So before we talk about that production and how that fits within uh, Kairos Italy Theatre, um, I wanted to find out a little bit more about you and your artistic journey in New York. Mm, um, that's wonderful. Uh, so I got to New York probably in 
January of 2009. And uh, I came here to immediately jump in with the program at the Bear Group, which is beautiful. My sister was there as well. And um, it was such a great experience because they're also a theater company as well as a school. So um, getting to know the artistic directors, Seth Barish and Lee Brock, uh, I actually hopped on as a stage manager with the show there, and um, which carried on to another show where I was working behind the scenes as well as like learning um, my the acting technique. And it was just a beautiful introduction into the off-Broadway world to kind of see how New York theater really, really rings. And be so hands-on and like to see beautiful performers doing their work I was doing a show um it was called the temperamentals it was an all-male cast it was beautiful and um so you know from there kind of kick-starting my uh professional acting career um and bringing me here to today it's been very very interesting you know merging into film more so as of late and really kind of just loving the process and loving the people I've been meeting and um, being in this beautiful city where you get to meet so many different people from so many different places, which also resonates well with the play that we're doing right now. And, um, yeah, it's been great. I love it. And, um, a little, tell us a little bit about what you have been passionate about recently. You mentioned moving more into film. Is that? Oh yeah. You know, it's really interesting because, um, you know, growing up, I never really thought that there was a, oh, I'm a stage actress or I'm just a film actress. You know, if you're an actress, you take a piece of art, a piece of work from just words on a page and you make it your own. So it's been interesting that more lately, um, when I was recently studying at Playhouse West and kind of getting involved with the actors and the performers there, we were doing a lot of film work just consequently. Um, but I wouldn't say that my, my passions have nef necessarily changed into only one genre, one way. It's just um, kind of been like a very eye-opening experience, the ability to, to uh, see how both work differently and, and being able to do both and um, create a lot of original work as well, work on a lot of original pieces and write, getting into writing my own and kind of finding my voice, mm. if you will. And, you know, being really proud of it, talking about the things that I want to, I believe can be, you know, beneficial to society. And um, it's kind of like your own little piece of the world, right? Being able to con contribute and from the fullest. So it, that's been kind of exciting, really, kind of merging into my own voice and like things that I want to bring out. So it's been really great actually working on this piece because it is also an original uh, world premiere um, piece from Italy that has beautiful things to say and it's kind of interesting how it ties along the road the, the road that you're on the journey per se it's like oh you kind of meet people where you are um, right when your your mindset is right there too so that's been really special great so since you brought it up I'm gonna segue into talking a little bit about the production that we are currently acting in together yes. so um, to tie back into Kit this is a Kairos Italy theater production we are with Kit at Cherry Lane, at the studio Cherry Lane, for the whole month of November, uh, November 7th to December 3rd, actually. We're presenting a program called Alienation, Three New Plays from Italy, where uh, three new plays that have never been performed in the, the, in the 
ways in the shape that they are being performed um, are being presented in repertory. So on alternate nights, uh, we run three pieces. One of these is uh, called Enrico IV, and it's an adaptation of the famous play by Luigi Pirandello, um, which is about a man who falls off a horse and when he comes to believes himself to be um, the medieval emperor Henry IV. And then it, it starts from there and sort of evolves into a um, meditation on whether he really does believe that, whether he is pretending to, whether that makes him mad, whether madness is actually trying to conform with society or finding your own way to live within that. And this is an adaptation where we've taken just the words of the character, Henry IV, and he speaks directly to the audience. And the play's performed by Rocco Sisto. He's an f- incredible um, Broadway actor. And then together with that, we have a double bill of new one acts from Italy. Um, one is A Story of Love and Soccer by Michele Santeramo where two brothers get together at a cafe in the south of Italy and they uh, discuss um, these their local stories at their local village um, to do with soccer and this sort of clandestine immigrant soccer World Cup and uh, love stories. And um, that deals a lot with subjects of immigration and perception and uh, assumptions about other people. And in the double bill with that is a play that Paloma and myself are performing in, um, Paolo Bignami's The Journey I Never Made. So The Journey I Never Made is uh, we meet two women uh, who are at this mysterious train station, maybe somewhere in Italy, but we don't know. And they're waiting for a train and all the trains progressively are canceled and they keep waiting and the situation becomes a little more surreal and throughout it all they try and break down kind of barriers that they automatically have between each other and in spite of their very diametrically opposed backgrounds and experiences and trajectories um, attempt to connect and to establish a human connection. So tell me a little bit about your character in Journey. Ah, I play Petra. Um, Petra is very... I love her, you know, reading her. um, I saw a woman who, in her limited choice of words, she doesn't say much when she speaks. (laughs) Um, But there's so much going on, you know, behind in her mouth, like in her head and in her history and her life. You know, um, she's a younger woman, but has had quite the plethora of life experiences and from that you know you know the expression we're all we're the sum total of our experiences Mm -hmm. and so it's been it's been really interesting to kind of um bring her to life because you know especially this interaction coming this this language barrier this uh kind of woman of two different worlds who have similarities and and are you know, forced into this meeting and this, this, this situation. And she is um, an open-hearted woman who has, you know, been beaten down by mm-hmm. the world. And um, so it's kind of an interesting moment in her life because it's, you know, I think we all go through it when we lose a little bit of hope or a lot of bit of hope. Mm-hmm. And, um, but then somehow someone or something 
kind of walks into your life and kind of makes you, it brings it back or makes you see things in a different way because of what pain has done to you. It makes you, it kind of blinds you in a way. You just see the bad or you expect bad, you know? Um, so it's been really interesting to kind of explore those moments in this situation with Petra and Sylvia, mm-hmm. you know, coming together. Yeah, and I love the the contrast in the play between uh, your character, as you were talking about, and Sylvia, who is the character I play, who mm-hmm. is uh, coming to uh, this journey from a very different um, perspective, almost lack of experience, in fact, and a sort of uh, innocence and, ingen- and, and um, naivete uh, and uh, fear connected to that because of going towards the unknown. And so these women begin in these diametrically opposed uh, places, if you want, and then journey throughout the play to perhaps become closer to one another. Mm -hmm. And we actually have uh, a little bit of an excerpt from the play that we would be happy to go into. Yes. Yes. What's the, do you want to just set the excerpt in context? This is the very beginning of the piece. Um, and it's the, the, the first couple of scenes, actually. Cool. So all mm. you know is uh, we open on a train station. And it's evening. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I see her at the end of the tunnel. Her stride is determined, but not rushed. I pass by Turnstile. Turnstile had turned just one way. She looks around as if she's seeing that tunnel for the first time, but she doesn't stop. Turnstile that if I push other way, doesn't turn. She keeps walking. In front of me sees long walkway. And she looks at everything like it's the first time. So I start to walk. I notice her immediately. Walk inside the walkway. I notice her because there's nobody else. Not even a porter. The latest train just left and everyone got on it. Walkway is dark, but there are drawings on the wall. I hear her steps echoing. I look and I walk. She walks quickly. I walk so I don't miss train. She looks at me. I think she sees me. I don't know what time comes, but I, I think comes soon. I look all the way down the walkway and see woman looking at me. There is just one woman? What time comes? Are you, are you talking to me? There is just one woman and she answers, are you talking to me? Uh, to who else? She comes close and asks me something, as if we knew each other. I'm lost in thought, but when I hear her speaking directly to me... There's nobody on the platform. Just me and her. Oh, and a man who is lying down on a bench who seems asleep. When she comes so close and there's nobody else, I realize she could be dangerous. I don't know her. I haven't seen her before. What does she want from me? Money? Maybe money. How much money do I have in my wallet? I'd be sorry to be killed for a few coins. Killed. Killed on the platform for a few coins. I couldn't bear something like that. What kind of impression would I make being killed for a few coins? I remember, I just withdrew some money at the bank for the journey. You can't set out with no money. So I feel calmer. After all, there's a man too. He's sleeping. 
But he's still a man. Maybe he's her accomplice. I'm here alone on the platform with a woman with bad intentions and her accomplice. The fact that I have a lot of money isn't enough to keep me calm anymore. You know what time comes? No. Well, it should, uh, it should come ten minutes. Uh, it one just came, but usually in ten minutes it comes. Oh, there it sees it. It says it right there. See, it's uh, it's in twelve minutes. There's there's time. There's time to take your time. Ooh, intriguing. That's there you go. There it is. That's just the very first scene. Yeah. And could you remind us of the show dates and the location? Absolutely. Again? So this show, which is called The Journey I Never Made, and it's part of Alienation, the 3D place from Italy, will be up at the studio at Cherry Lane Tuesdays to Sundays all the way through to December 3rd, running on alternate nights in rep, you know, the two different, the three different plays that we've uh, mentioned. And 7 p.m. during the week, and we also have Saturday matinees at 3 p.m., Sunday matinees at 2 p.m. Uh, tickets at the box office or at kittheater.com or uh, on the Cherry Lane website. And yeah, we have, we actually, our official opening night is tonight. We had our, our previews this week, Yay. but we're officially opening today. That's so exciting. Um, and have three and a half more weeks of performances. So plenty mm. of opportunities to come on down and experience yes. some never before seen world premieres of Italian theater and translation. Brilliant. Well, toy, toy, toy to you all. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks and Thank you. Have an awesome run. And there's no excuse for missing it because you've got That's loads right. of shows. Exactly. In the next few weeks. <laughs> Ooh. And are any of them in Italian or any of them in translation? These three plays are all in translation. I actually translated this play oh, awesome. uh, myself, and the others are also in English. So great, no okay. reason not to come well, down. We, we will post all that information on the salon page as well. Thank you so much for joining us, Paloma. Thank you. Thank you so much for having thank me. Thank you, Paloma. And thank you, Carlotta. Yes, thank so you, Jenny. In a few minutes, we will be talking to our salon solo guest, who is Amy Hughes from the UK. That Carlotta is frantically WhatsApping her right now so we can get her on the line. And while she does that, we will have our salon bulletin for what's going on for salonistas over the next couple of weeks. So Salon Lounge at Dixon Place takes place on Saturday, November the 18th. It's a monthly showcase featuring a smorgasbord of talented salonistas sharing their work in theatre, literature, film, video, dance and visual art. It takes place at partner venue Dixon Place which is located at 161 Christie Street between Rivington and Delancey it's free and open to the public the showcase begins at 7.30pm and lasts approximately an hour we encourage people to come early and stay after so they can patronise the bar I always like patronising the bar and then the proceeds from that go towards supporting Dixon Place's mission to provide free or affordable space to artists to showcase their work so please bookmark the third Saturday of each and every month for this five-year running series, Salon Lounge at Dixon Place. The next one is next Saturday, Saturday the 18th of November. And on November the 19th, join IWAS partner organisation New Women Space and Got A Girl Crush for their second annual print and zine fest at New Women Space. Got A Girl Crush is a blog and annual print magazine about women by women for everyone is teaming up again with Brooklyn's new women's space to organise their second annual print and zine fest. And it's a $2 suggested ticket entrance, and that will go to the Ali Forney Centre. 
can't get anything for two dollars not even a ride on the subway so you might as well go and see got a girl crush and the event runs from 12 noon to 6 p.m at new women's space which is 188 woodpoint road brooklyn new york and that's 11211 and it features an emerging lineup of female femme identifying non-binary transgender non-conforming lead zines and printmakers including got a girl crush love is wise illustration and designs we're we're i don't know i don't know how to say this word higher here you know it's that transgender uh, pronoun and so we're higher we're queer but that doesn't rhyme, so really we're her, we're queer, would rhyme better. Anyway, uh, Posture Magazine and Math Magazine will all be at that event. And you can join Salonista Victoria Negri at her film Gold Stars Los Angeles premiere. That's on Monday, November 20th at venue Limey Noho, 7 at 7.30pm. And it's one screening only, so get your fix. There's a Q&A to follow the screening with Victoria, who is the writer, director, actor in the film, and it's moderated by Lee Lu. And she's the writer-director of There Is A New World Somewhere. For more information, visit goldstarfilm.com. The official release was on November the 10th in theatres in New York City and in the Amazon world on demand. And finally, Salonista Yvonne... Oh dear, it's a Polish name now, I think. Yvonne Gerzkowicz... Gerenskovich, so sorry, Yvonne, uh, invites us to Animation Nights New York, A-N-N-Y, at the Gutter Spare Room on Tuesday, November 21st at 9 till 10 p.m. Annie, Animation Nights New York, is a monthly curated screening of animated short films from all around the world. Admission is free. Beer and wine are on offer. We hope to see you there and support independent animation. Get your free tickets at www.eventbrite.com and enter Animation Nights New York. So there's lots going on with the salon over the next week or so. And uh, let's find out now about what's going on in the world of visual arts with our second guest for today, or third possibly, depending upon how you count the uh, salon special. It's Amy Hughes. Hi, Amy. Hi, thank you for having me. Just trying to work out where the, where the speaker... Oh, there you go. Can, um, uh, so you're... you're based in London are you? Um, I'm actually from the northwest of England so Cheshire. Um, oh yeah you've got more of a northwestern accent than me. I've been in New York for the past three years and I'm just currently trying to get my um, artist visa to try and stay there hopefully. Oh that sounds familiar. Where are you from in the northwest of England? Uh, Cheshire. Whereabouts? Um, Northwich. Northwich? You know of course I do. I'm from uh, I'm from Flixton, but I had a friend that lived in Northwich, so oh, I've, I've small done world. My, I've done my time there. Isn't that where the charlatans are from? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> there you go. I've been out there a couple of times. Um, it's very pretty. Lots of foxes. Um, so uh, <laughs> let me just see if I can find something from your bio that you kindly sent over, and then I uh, misplace it. Here we go. So. Um, you are a British-born representational, representational painter who graduated yeah. with an MFA from the New York Academy of Art and you won a scholarship, a scholarship from the Prince of Wales. And since then yes. you've been uh, exhibiting solo and group shows in New York where you now reside. So, um, but before that you, you did, your, your, did your fine art training in the UK, right? Yeah, that's right. I studied my um, bachelor, my undergraduate degree at Liverpool Hope University. What a traitor. 
for someone from the north from the Lancashire to go over and cross the Mersey like that. <laughs> well, my um, my mum's family is actually from Liverpool, so oh, right. going back to my roots maybe. You're quite, yeah, it's quite close there, isn't it, Northwich? <laughs> and then, yeah. so how was the Scouse experience for you? Um, it was quite familiar. As I said, <laughs> my family are from Liverpool, so my grandparents were Scouse, so I was quite used to it in a way. Yeah. <laughs> And um, and who were your who were your what sort of inspired you to go into the visual arts world? Who were your main influences as a painter? Um, I think for me, probably the British artist Jenny Savile, mm-hmm. um, because I'm a representational painter and I often um, depict the human form. That's kind of my main interest. Mm-hmm. And for me, she was always a massive inspiration because, um, sort of throughout my time in England, I felt like there wasn't a lot of um, contemporary. Um, painters dealing with the body anymore you know it seemed to be something that had kind of passed since sort of likes of Damien Hirst and artists like that so Mm -hmm. for me she was one of these people that I was just drawn to it felt like something that wasn't being made anymore and that and and that's what inspired you to to pursue a career as an artist from the get-go you wanted to yeah I just really was like I was just so drawn to her work and I was always just compelled to make this kind of figurative work myself and it's been hard to sort of pinpoint why that is I don't know if it's some sort of like existential crisis or something (laughs) but you know I was just compelled to make this work and she really was that sort of driving force to keep going at it yeah and did you find you know growing up in the northwest I know Northwich is um it's quite a rural place isn't it but did you find that there's a a rich heritage of visual arts in the northwest that helped you to be able to find inspiration and uh and influence I mean really there wasn't a lot of it and so in some ways it's strange but I just kind of exposed myself to the various galleries in the sort of nearest cities which would be Liverpool and Manchester and you know, get on the train down to London as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I think as well, like, I just had really, really sort of strong art teachers throughout my education, so they kind of nurtured that in me. Yeah. And so what is your favourite Northwestern art gallery? Um, Probably the Tate Liverpool, or maybe the Walker, which is also in Liverpool, that's kind of got a lot more older works. Yeah. Yeah, I love those places as well. Cool. Yeah. Okay. And um and I also see here that you're uh, a volunteer as an art instructor at Sir John Dean's College in, in yes. the UK. What's that all about? Yeah, so that's actually the um one of the colleges because I know it's a different education system in the US, but in the UK you kind of do these two years before you go to university. And um the Sir John Dean's College is where I attended and so mm-hmm. over the last sort of few weeks I've been volunteering there helping out sort of instructing in the art department trying to bring my knowledge over to them <laughs> and mm. I'm also teaching um, an oil workshop next week great. so that should be great yeah so you've gone back to your old school to to share your experiences and skills with them yeah exactly I've worked there a few times like over various occasions sometimes over the summer or whatever um because I'm sort of so interested in the fact that, you know, one of the students from this sort of semi-rural area has gone off to New York and yeah. various places <laughs> yeah, to, um, cool. you know, keep going with their artwork. So they're very interested in me coming back and um, share my experiences with the students and yeah. bring in my sort of more technical and conceptual, um, these things I've learned whilst I've been in New York and what have you. So, yeah, yeah. definitely inspiring for the next generation, isn't it? Whatever that's going to be called. Generation, exactly. generation. Um, 
So what I mean, I know you got this Prince of Wales scholarship to to get your MFA in New York, but did you did you have a particular desire to come here apart from that? Was there something that drew you here? Yeah, I mean, for me, I think, like I was saying before, in the UK, there's sort of been a lack of representational work recently, and I think it was because there was a lot of it one time, and then they kind of got um, really fixated on the kind of work that was made in the 90s, like Damien Hirst and more sort of heavily conceptual mm -hmm. artists like those. And so for me, I was really interested in the New York art scene because it seemed to sort of be more inclusive of all different practices and different um, ideas. And so that was a real big draw for me. But also the academy where I studied at um, was just a fascinating art school to me because there's not really anything else like it in the world, I don't think, because they really sort of focus on the technical and the conceptual. It's not just all conceptual, which I find a lot of the universities in England are. Yeah. And um, just exposed to really great sort of um, artists that they have in amazing talks and you know, amazing events like Take Home a Nude at Sotheby's and these are sort of things you just can't really find anywhere else in the world. Yeah. So you really found out about that school just by being being aware and being engaged in the art world then? Sorry, could you repeat that? I was just breaking up a little. You found out about it because I, I don't know if I've heard of the, of the New York Academy. Um, yeah, it's based in Tribeca. Okay, cool. And it sounds like they, it does definitely sound like they have an interesting program of work that's uh, you know looking forwards and backwards in terms of what. Yeah, I mean one of the um, visiting artists is also Jenny Savile, so oh, I think cool. that was how I first found out about ah, it. Okay. I was like. No way! Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Awesome. So, you, did, have you got? Yeah. Have you been able to meet your heroine? I haven't yet, but I'm waiting. It's the next time, even though I've graduated, I'm like adamant that I'll be back when she arrives. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. And uh, how did you get the Prince of Wales scholarship? What's that all about? So he is. Um, he obviously offers scholarships to a various, not very many. I think, as a select few institutions that he kind of is a patron for. And um, he kind of obviously is a fan of like maintaining this certain type of um, sort of figurative, not necessarily figurative, but more sort of artists that have traditional skills. And so he offers scholarships every so often. And just based on like the level of my portfolio, I was awarded one, which was really nice. And, mm. you know, as my family said, oh, good, we're getting back some of our taxes now. <laughs> That's brilliant, though. What a great achievement. So does that mean you get yeah. to put Prince Charles's crest on all your work? Um, I don't, <laughs> but um, he's, occasionally he does commission some of the artists to make work, so if ever that happens, like, that would be great. Yeah, awesome. And yeah. Amy, do you have any exhibitions coming up that we need to know about? Um, I have one coming up next year at Miranda Koo Gallery in the Lower East Side, um, and I also have one at Greenpoint Gallery in Brooklyn in May, I believe. Right. So these dates are just kind of like, that's when they're all booked for, so we'll just see how everything pans out with the visa. Yeah, yeah. I know. We, I think a lot of us feel that pain, a lot of us international artists in New York <laughs> feel that pain. Yeah. Yeah, but you'll get there for sure. Um, and is all the work ready for those exhibitions, or are you in the, are you in the middle of creating at the moment? Yeah, I mean, majority of the work is complete. There's still a bit, a few more paintings I'm working on sort of remotely over here in the UK, so I'll ship those over when they're finished, but um, pretty much everything's complete. And do you work primarily in oil? Yeah, that's definitely my medium of choice. I've used other mediums in the past and acrylic, but 
oil is definitely my medium of choice. I think it just has this quality that you can't achieve with any other medium. And I think it's the best medium to depict flesh with. Yeah, definitely. Because it has that natural shine in it, doesn't it? Absolutely. It takes a long time to dry, though. So it's a good job you've got your work finished for your exhibitions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great. And how can people find out more about you and your work? Um, they can visit my website, which is amyvhughes.com or my Instagram, which is amyvhughes.artist. Awesome. Amy, it's yes. been fantastic to talk to you. It's always nice to talk to somebody else from the finest part of the world. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Even if it is Cheshire, uh, not quite Manchester. <laughs> but, yeah, wonderful. It's been great to hear about you, and best of luck with everything with your visa and your teaching and your forthcoming you exhibitions. So it's great to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. And thank you to all of our guests today. Thank you to Carlotta, especially for her fabulous WhatsApp skills just there. <laughs> She's a te technological so guru as well as a, a linguistic educator. <laughs> and thank you to Paloma. Thank you to our engineer, Jade. Thank you to Barbara John Sullivan for the bulletin. Thank you, of course, to our fine founder, Heidi Russell. I've been Jenny Green. Have a fabulous week in the arts.